1: Hi, this is Monique. And this is Sydney. And you're tuned into Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. Relationship. It's going to be the type of conversations that normally we're afraid to have out loud. Is it okay to be gay? Friends. How many of us have them? Mother and daughters. Is it always all bad? The mind's like a parachute. It's
2: no good unless it's open. (laughs) That's what's up. Hello, my loves. Hello, my loves.
1: Hello, my loves. And welcome. To yet another episode of Monique and Sydney's open relationship. I hope y'all can feel the smile coming across my face. Hey, daddy. Hey, mama. How you feeling? I'm super. Me too, baby. Give me a kiss before we start. Oh, you gonna start off on the nasty tip? Mm. Let's do it. All right, we get ready to do it, y'all. Okay. And we're gonna talk about it. But before we even get started, we wanna play a little. Uh, Clip for you. What are we going to tell them? What are we talking about today, tell baby? Him, Daddy, you tell, tell hey, them. You, you tell them, Cookie baby. You tell them. Let me contain myself. This is what we're talking about. So, May the 20th. No, I'm sorry. May 13th. Uh, We had a show in Harlem, New York at the world-famous Apollo Theater. There was actually our second annual Mother's Day show that we do now. It's the second time we've done it this year. You know, uh, Mother's Day. And doing that show... Which was absolutely amazing. Um, The whole night was beautiful. To start to open the show up was an amazing sister named Queen Cookie, who was 68 years old. And it's important that I say her age because in her 60s, she decided she wanted to start a new career and become a stand-up comedian. Yes. And everybody knows that stage at the Apollo is one of those stages, baby, that if you can play that stage, you can play anywhere all over the world. And when I tell you that woman walked out on that stage and she tore it apart, she was absolutely amazing, okay? Then after she got finished, here come my partner in crime, Mr. Tonex. That's my road traveling buddy. We travel on the road together when we do our comedy tours. He go up on that stage, he rips it apart.
2: That's what he does.
1: Okay? Now it's my turn to go up on the stage. (laughs) I go up on the stage. We have an amazing time. Now in the audience is Richard Pryor Jr.'s son and Sean Bell's parents, the young brother that was murdered by the uh, police officer, Mr. and Mrs. Bell. So the energy in that room was absolutely, it was breathtaking because everybody was there full of love and to have a good time. Now, doing my show, y'all, okay, doing part of what I was feeling, and my goodness, I said a little something. And it seemed to have traveled around the world, but I want to play what I said for those of you who haven't heard it. Yes, please push play, James. Who's that black dick connected to? That black man? So no, I was not blackballed. I was white bald <laughs> by some black dicks who had no balls. who had no balls. And see, I know they like to say, money you talk to motherfucking much, it would kill me not to say the real shit. It would kill me not to say the real shit. You are not paying me equally. You are not treating me fairly. So y'all can suck my dick if I have. Okay. All right.
2: Ain't nobody got time for this. Ha ha ha. And Ain't nobody got time. Yeah. Ha ha ha. Get it. Okay. So to tell them what the title of the show is, obviously is. Because we ain't told them yet. You just went into that motherfucking sick telling them what is going on.
1: Tell them what the title is of the story of the, day. the title of the show today is Why I Said What I Said to Oprah Winfrey, Tyler Perry, and Lee Daniels. Because since I had that comedy show on stage, and let me say this, it wasn't a film comedy show. It's just people began to film it. And when I said that, it's not something that's new. It's something that I've have said before, just nobody filmed it. In a different kind of way. In a different kind of way, okay? So that particular night, when I said what I said, I'm unapologetic for saying it. And there have been quite a few people that's saying, well, maybe Monique should apologize. Maybe Monique should apologize to Oprah Winfrey for saying that she could suck a dick if she had one. And
2: If you had one.
1: It, I'm sorry, if I had one. Because if, if she could suck her own dick, that bitch is incredible, okay? But if I had one, she could suck it, no. right? And you had a lot of the people in the media saying, we believe that Monique should apologize because if she apologizes, it might open up some more doors for her. And here was my response. I am unapologetic for what I said to Oprah Winfrey, Tyler Perry, and Lee Daniels. Now, Daddy, at any point you want to jump in? Maybe keep on talking. Okay, I want to explain to y'all the real shit as to why I feel how I feel about Sister Oprah Winfrey. So nobody has to guess, nobody has to listen to nobody's morning shows or afternoon drives and try to figure out what Monique meant. There was a time that I got a personal phone call from Oprah Winfrey. It was during the whole award season, Okay. Oprah Winfrey called, first she called Sydney's phone, and she said,
2: <laughs> Sydney, Oprah. That's how she that, that, That's how she hit you up. Right. Now, hey, how you doing, Sydney? No, Sydney, Oprah.
1: Now, I want to address that before I go any further. Okay? Just from woman to woman. When you call another woman's man's phone, the first thing you say is, hello, may I speak to? But you called as the grand damn Sydney Oprah. Okay, but I'm going to let that go because at the time I was caught up in, it's Oprah. Okay. So she calls up and she says, may I speak with Monique? (laughs) Okay, go ahead, baby. Sydney, Oprah,
2: is Monique available?
1: Okay. Okay. Is Monique available? My daddy say, hold on one second. Mama, Oprah on the phone. Oh, okay. Let me get it. Hey, sis, how you doing? Hey, Monique, I wanted to call you up because I got a phone call from your brother, the brother that molested you, Gerald, and he wants to know if he can come on the show. And before I agree to him coming on my show, I need to call you up to get your approval to see how you feel about it. My exact words were, Sis, that nigga is up to some scamming shit, and I don't want to fool with them. She says... Well, we would like for you to come on the show, too. I said, I don't want no parts of it. I said, because I know that nigga. I said, but everybody's allowed to change, and my brother could truly be a changed person, Mm -hmm. and he could come on the show and explain it. But I don't want no parts of it. Now, brothers and sisters that are listening, for about an hour after that, me and that sister had a very personal and intimate conversation about how we dealt with our families, how we dealt with being in our positions, how our families were trying to grab and take. We had that conversation. I shared with this woman, especially about my mother. Now, I want you all to hear me. I shared with Oprah Winfrey that me and my mother were not on good terms. I said to that sister, right now, shit is really bad. I'm going through it. She said, I understand. And I really shared with her what's going on with my family. She never says anywhere in that conversation, Monique, I'm going to have your mother on the show. I'm going to have your father on the show.
2: Let me help you, though. Help let, me, me, baby. let me be a little love with this. Okay. Because you you get to go on fast. we going to get there. That.
1: That's why I told him to so. suck. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> now, after they had the conversation, Monique hung up the phone and said, You know what? That was beautiful. Because she didn't have to call me and tell me that Gerald wanted to come on. She could have just brought him on. And she had shared some personal things in reference to her family, which we wouldn't disclose that information because that was sister talk. We are at the break of the Monique show, and we're at lunch in Monique's trailer, and the show comes on with Monique's brother. But then we were surprised to see Monique's uh, Monique's brother, Gerald, the one who molested her, then we were surprised to see her mother, her father, and her brother. For my people in Baltimore, that would be her mother, her father, and her brother. Okay? Mm. All of them, the Trinity plus Gerald. Now, we sitting in the trailer during the break of the Monique show, preparing to do the last show for the day, and we said, What? The fuck is really going on? What the fuck? Go on now.
1: Okay. So once I said, what the fuck is really going on? Because now I'm watching the show with my mother. And keep in mind, me and my mother ain't spoken a minute. And we really going through it. My father who, by the way, has now moved on to the next journey. He's deceased. Now, my father's sitting there, and baby, he's so goddamn drunk. My mother keeps trying to rub his leg to stop him from calling Oprah a bunch of bitches because she was asking him hard questions. And I know my father, he was going to say, bitch, that's why I don't nobody like you fat bitches now. I knew that was coming, so my mother had to keep rubbing him ass hmm. to keep him cool. Yes. So I'm watching this, right? Now, when it goes off, and I got to tell y'all, baby, I knew that me and my mother was not in a good place. And had Oprah Winfrey said to me, oh, by the way, sis, I have your mother. I would have said, shut that shit down because I don't want the world seeing my mother being so greedy over money that she's willing to do anything to go on your show and know that my brother is lying. Right? So after we watched the show, I get home. Lo and behold, calls, Oprah Winfrey. Now, I'm going to tell y'all something as to why I understand scared niggas. Because when she called, I got butterflies in my stomach and I knew this sister was wrong and out of order for what she did because bitch, you got my mama on your show. But I was caught up in the Oprah Winfrey whirlwind of, that's Oprah Winfrey. So when she called she never said, Monique, I want to apologize, baby, that your mama was there. Nothing. It was, can you believe it? And then your dad, and oh, my God, and I, I didn't check it. And when we hung up the phone, my husband, some would call him Billy Badass, my husband looked at me and said, that's not what we come from. And you know that woman was out of order, and you're going to have to deal with that because you can't play along with that game. And I said, you know what, Daddy? You are absolutely right. And it was
2: not that you got off the phone and you were cool with everything. You got off the phone and you were upset about what transpired. But you had not said anything to her.
1: So I had to eat that in that moment. And I promised myself that when I saw Oprah Winfrey again, we was going to have the conversation, and I didn't give a goddamn where it was. It could have been on a red carpet. We were going to have it because, sister, what you did was you had a crucial part in the dismemberment of my family. That's why me and Oprah Winfrey has a problem. And for all y'all in here watching right now, for all y'all listening, you ain't got to guess about it no more. You're getting it from me. And what I would ask y'all, don't take my word, ask Oprah Winfrey. So the next time I got an opportunity to see this sister, we were at Alfred Woodard's home. But didn't you
2: have a conversation with her that whereby you were supposed to have another conversation? Oh,
1: I'm so sorry, yeah, baby. Yeah. you right, because yo, I, I get yo, to going. So we have another conversation, right? And she says, I didn't know that your parents were going to be there. And Sydney says, Oprah... We've done three hundred and was it eighty-five shows?
2: We did three hundred shows. Three
1: hundred shows. Monique is the host. There were never no surprises. She always knew who was going to be sitting in front of her, and then she says, "Well, let me check into it, and I'll get back to y'all." Now, if she called any of you niggas listening, <laughs> then she called us, which means we never got the call back. Then that's when I saw her at Alfred Woodard's house at an Oscar party. When I see her, and she walks in, we both connect eyes, and she knows in that moment we gonna have a situation, sis. Now, we're in an environment where it's not no, let me tell you, mm mm-mm. I simply walked over to her, we met at the couch, we sat down, and I said, you know we need to have a conversation, right? Now, this is y'all where it get tricky for me. She pats me on my leg and says, we sure do. Now remember when Bernie Mac said about his little niece That that bitch looked at him like he was short She played me like I was short Like she patted me on my leg and said We sure do Okay, that's how we're going to do this So now at this Oscar It's like this um, This private committee Of sisters who have been nominated for an Oscar Or that have won an Oscar Or that is very much in the media It's a select few of women Okay, It was about maybe 20 of us there when we go downstairs to the Red Room, Alfred Woodard says to me, Hey, baby, this is where you can say anything you need to say. So I said, Yes, ma'am. Now I'm thinking to myself, do Alfred Woodard know that I need to say some shit to Oprah? <laughs> so I said, Thank you, sis. About three more times, she said to me, This is where you can say whatever you feel like you need to say. Thank you, sister. Now, Loretta Devine was there. Angela Bass, you know, just some beautiful sisters were there. So now we're sitting around, and the question became to the sisters, because LaPita was nominated that year, and we were to, you know, love up on her on how you deal with this whole situation. So when it came to be my turn on how I handled my moments with the Oscars, the only thing that I could say to LaPita was, my advice was, sister, do it the way you feel like it's best for you to do it. That's the only thing I can tell you, because it's your ride. For the ones that have been there, we can talk. For the ones, if not, we can't. But do it your way, because when you look back at it, you want to be comfortable with your ride. And then I looked over to Oprah, and I said, sister, now, man, you got to have a conversation. And all the other sisters are sitting around. I said, can you imagine what it feels like to grow up as a little girl and watch someone And say to her, when I grow up, I want to be just like you and the person that you try to have your example, have your, you know, wow, she's really doing it. This is the very woman that brings my mama on your show. Now, say it again
2: slow for the individuals that may have slid by that you actually, as a young lady, met Oprah Winfrey
1: and you said one day what? One day when I grow up I wanna be just like you. And she said to you what? You gotta work really hard. And then one day
2: you sit on her stage. Well, first you sit on a stage for Roscoe Jenkins. Yes. But then the next time you sit up on a stage, it's for funniest comedians. Yes. Then the next time you sit up on a stage is to be it's for the Academy Awards. Yes. Okay.
1: So I wanna make sure y'all understand this relationship. Okay, because see, people thinking I'm just pulling shit out the air. So when I say at this meeting that we're all having, I'm like, sis, how could you have my mother? Because I shared with you what was going on. And then you never, ever said to me, Monique, I'm going to have your mother there. Now, all the other sisters are listening and it's dead ass quiet. And this is what this woman says to me. If you think I did something to offend you, I want to apologize. If you think I did something, not, bitch, let me apologize for doing that. But if you think I did something, so what has happened is, and again, let me not... Blame Oprah Winfrey for the issues in my family because that is unfair. What I am saying is you knew about the issues in my family. You
2: perpetuated what took place. And to hear her mother two, three weeks ago have a conversation with her daughter, who her mother now is a double amputee and has had multiple strokes and health problems. And there's still a divide, but you're dealing with a young lady that's like, that's my mom. I love her. And you've got people on the street coming up to her saying, you know, your mom's a dirty bitch. And now you got to understand they're saying this with regards to having Monique's back, but not understanding that that's her dirty bitch. Okay, that's my dirty bitch. That's so Mm. it's like and to not get a call back from Oprah regarding it, because the reality is when you do a show and you are Oprah Winfrey, because Monique, who is Monique, was made well aware of who was going to come on a show because it's a must because you need to have the notes to know what questions to ask the individuals. So when you are Oprah and if you did not know that they were coming, though her staff flew to see her parents, okay, then when you see them, then you say, well, this is not something that we had discussed or planned for. I cannot do that to Monique. And here's another part of why a lot of times when we talk about black versus white versus white versus black in the words of Chuck D when he said, every brother ain't a brother cause of color. When you have Barbara Walters say I was approached by Gerald who wanted to come on my show. And I said, I would not and could not do that to Monique. Now she had Monique's approval with Gerald because again, She's saying this man may be trying to make a change in his life and people need to see in this world what a pedophile looks like and how they come across. But to not say that I'm going to have your mother, I'm not going to have your brother, I'm not going to have your, your father on there after all that other stuff seems a bit disingenuous. So when you have a person who is a comedian standing up on stage and you're hearing the outrage, oh, she said this about Oprah and this and Tyler. And and number one, she was doing a job because rule of first rule of thumb as a comedian, you must speak your truth. You must be open and honest. And she, Monique, had an opportunity to get some intellectual heroin placed in her veins, which made her high as a kite when a brother (coughs) by the name of Richard Pryor. K- saw her set and said, hey, in his wheelchair, don't you ever change. I don't know about you. But that gives me chill bumps that one of the greatest to ever do it told you, don't you ever change. So when you stand up on stage, do you change? Do you bite your tongue because it's hard? Because I remember Eddie Murphy said, yeah, I was talking to Richard. And I told him, man, Bill Cosby had a problem with me cussing. And uh, Richard was like, man, well, do the people laugh? I said, yeah. He said, well, do you like what you say?" Yeah. Well, then you tell Bill, I said, have a Coke and a motherfucking smile. And shut the fuck up. Hey, so we must first put things in context and understand that Monique is a comedian. Because has she went up to Harpo Productions, start talking about Oprah, <laughs> come out and suck my dick. All of it. Okay, then... That's some raggedy shit. Mama, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to stop her. You ever seen somebody trying to hold a tractor trailer that's pulling you and your heels is in the ground, and you getting drunk? That's what I would be doing to keep her from doing it. But no, she was on stage executing a performance, but she's just sharing with you that the entertainment came from a place that's real. And as opposed to, cause if you work at Walmart and somebody played your mama, your brother, and your, your father, y'all meeting out on the parking lot.
1: And you ain't going to tell that bitch to suck your dick. You're going to whip her ass. You're going to whip it. That's at the Walmart. But
2: since we at a, at a different place, the only thing she could do is the proverbial pen is mightier than a sword. And there was some true things said in the joke. But this ain't all about Oprah because there's Lee and there's brother Tyler Perry because there are people who have posed questions in reference to them as well. But you go ahead because you might not have been done
1: with old girl. I'm not. Go ahead. I'm not. And I'm going to tell y'all why I'm not done. And I said to Robin on our walk, I said, I may be being oversensitive right now because my mother's health is failing. My mama's having like five and six strokes in a week, okay? And what my mother said to me a couple of weeks ago, and I think she's trying to clear herself, she said, baby, as I sat in Oprah's studio, I knew that juror was 100% wrong. I knew he was wrong, Nikki, but I just couldn't say it, baby. And my mother's going in and out, right? And then she's going to e, and i would be like, okay, she went out. Motherfuckers don't know what e e e means, I don't okay? know what it means either, but, you know, she goes in and out at this stage of her illness, right? And it's uh, something burning in me like, Oprah, did you know that my mother, like, what did you talk to my mother about before y'all said action? What did you speak to her about before y'all said action? Because for my mama, and see, my mama ain't nobody to say I'm sorry. My mama's not a person to say I fucked it up. My mama will take it to the grave. But for that woman to say, baby, I knew it was wrong. I just couldn't. And I I don't want to blame my mom because we were all caught up in it's Oprah. It's Oprah. But Oprah, and see, I know this will probably go viral too. This is me to you. All I would ask you, sister is why would you do that to me? Was it for ratings? Because you're the baddest bitch that's ever been on TV. Why would you go out of your way to bring my mother on your show and never make mention? Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network
0: featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.
2: Here's the kicker. The kicker is you've had years to have a real conversation with Monique because we wouldn't be tapping into this right now. And what happens is when I hear Steve Harvey the other day having a conversation in reference to the whole dynamic and he said one of the things that was said was that, you know, Tyler and Oprah sat back and didn't say anything and I think that they didn't have, you know, they didn't have to say anything And he's right. They don't have to. See, what we have to do is breathe. We have to eat. We have to drink water. We have to blink. These are things that we have to do. However, when you are a woman who is Oprah Winfrey and you met this young lady who you know the story and your backstory as a little girl, and she sat on your stage multiple times and you knew that contractually Monique was not obligated to do any additional press for Lionsgate and or the movie Precious from an international standpoint or else you would have put the contract in her face. You ask or the people from Lionsgate, in addition to Tyler Perry, asked would Monique be willing to do more press because she did such an incredible job domestically. And the reason why there was no international press, because as Lee Daniels so eloquently put it to us, that there wasn't even a chance at first of the movie. Happening Or getting picked up Because there were people saying Who's going to watch two big black fat women Go through what they were going through Now as we saw That uh, 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 Plenty of people Were interested in seeing these two Big black fat women Go through what they went through However contractually she fulfilled her obligations And what I would ask to the individuals Because my wife calls them scared niggas this is the the street version of it. What I would call it is a conditioning of the mind whereby you think that because the machine can hurt you, you should do whatever the machine asks you to do. And what we're simply saying is if you keep doing what the machine asks you to do, they're going to keep asking you to do things and you will have no say. So what happens is if that was the case, we would still be drinking out of black and white water fountains Talk because there was a lot of people that don't understand they weren't marching with martin luther king and they didn't believe in what he believed they believed that listen we know the injustices that are going to confront us let's not create more problems because we're trying to fight for what's right so when you live in that world it's a justifiable reason to be afraid because you don't know what someone's going to do but you eat are thinking in terms of because the, the acronyms for fear is false evidence of being real. And oftentimes we as people don't realize that we should be more afraid of letting things continue to to take place in a way in which is not beneficial to all because when you stand up for this moment, this is not about Monique. This is about your child who may want to be an actor or actress one day. Or their child's child. Or if they don't want to be, it's about standing up. So when you have a mother that tells you, I just was afraid to essentially stand my ground and do what was right, it makes her daughter, which is Monique, compelled to say, I must speak up for what is right. Go back to the Academy Awards speech that she made. It is very easy to do what is what? Popular. What is popular. The difficult thing to do is to do what is right. So this conversation is not really about calling Lee out, Oprah out, or uh, 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 Tyler out. Because at the end of the day, this is not a vengeful or spiteful because we love them as human beings. But this could be settled when you see a sister that chose to say, I'm not doing something I'm not obligated to do. And a man named Lee Daniels. And this is some, this is a, this is a pearl that I'm about to drop to the world that has never been mentioned before. See about Lee Daniels. See Lee Daniels. There is a interview that is hidden. It's a lost interview that Monique and Lee Daniels did on the couch at the Sundance film festival where they asked Lee Daniels what was it like to work with Monique, and I, I beg of you, you guys out there, to push for that. And they said, and Lee Daniels said, it was amazing working with Monique, and he gave us some other incredible adjectives. But the one thing that stood out that made it the lost interview because he cut it and said, I can't say that. He said, Monique is the black version of Oprah Winfrey. The question I would pose to you good folks is, what did he mean by that? Monique is the black version of Oprah Winfrey, but yet he's gone on to do multiple movies. But when you see him on Don Lemon saying, it's about show business. Did I sell out? Some may say I did. Whatever. I'll see you in the
1: theaters.
2: The theaters. Mm -hmm. So now we understand what is more important. The theaters. And uh, another note to make mention of. There's another Academy Award winner that he worked with. In fact, the only Academy Award winner for Best Actress named Halle Berry. Who, when he was asked what was it like to work with her, he said she was a bitch to work with. And let me tell you the reason why he said she was a bitch to work with. Just like he said Monique was difficult for Verbiage that no one was privy to hear, and that was because he felt like he had not been acknowledged as a filmmaker for what it was that he had done, but the actresses that he had in the film had been.
1: So, see, my daddy gives it with such tact and gentleness, and that's why I'm grateful for him. So that's my feelings on Oprah Winfrey. No, I will not apologize. I meant everything I said. And then the next show coming up, (laughs) I'm a comedian, goddammit, so I'm unapologetic for being a comedian. And, yes, we're going to roll with it. So this show, uh, May 20th in Palm Springs, I got tickets that we'll call for Oprah, Tyler, and Lee. I got tickets for them.
2: And (laughs) at any time, if y'all good folks, Lee Daniels, Oprah Winfrey, Tyler Perry, ever want to have a conversation, we're open to it publicly. Just like Monique offered, and you must ask yourself this, and please pull it up. See, Monique was uh, uh, called difficult, and someone said, well, what what does Tyler have to do with it? Well, when Tyler Perry asked David Tauber, who was the director of and the writer and director of Almost Christmas— When he sees her in Vegas not too long ago. He saw David. David Talbert in Vegas not too long ago. He asked him, what was it like working with Monique? Because, you know, I worked with her and she was difficult to work with. And David said, man, she was an absolute delight and pleasure and a professional. And his reply was, oh, well, actually, I didn't work directly with her, but that's what I heard. Huh? And see, it gets different when you start naming names. see we not we not this is not uh James Comey, and he can't say certain stuff because uh it's certain FBI no, 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 no we're gonna subscribe to what's called real talk. We're gonna be straight up and have a conversation. so when a man is saying that to a gentleman who he doesn't know our relation, he doesn't know that David Talbot. And I, we lodged right across from one another, and I was in room 317. He was in room 316 at Morgan State University. He don't know that, which was part of the thing that allowed it to happen for that good brother, and we always have supported each other uh, under this dynamic. He doesn't understand that. But we got to say to ourselves, realistically, if he's saying that to him, who else is he pushing this to? And we live in a world that if no one's ever met you, they're inclined to believe what it is that they hear about you. And when you live in a society that will say, Monique is ruining her career because she didn't do what they asked her to do, not what she was obligated to do, but simply because she didn't do what it was that they wanted her to do. And the question that I would pose to you is, Which one of you go and executes work that allows others to get paid off for your endeavors, but you get nothing?
1: Where do they do that at?
2: And when they say, but Sydney was asking for money for her to promote the movie. Let me be very clear. As a negotiator and someone who acts as a liaison between talent and individuals that want to. Utilize that talent services. If they ask you on multiple times. After your client who happens to be your wife says, no, I'm disinterested in taking a trip that you're going to fly me first class. You're going to keep me for the weekend. Oh, if I like it, you, you'll you give me an additional week. And Moni keeps saying, no, thank you. And then you ask me well, what is it that I can do? What is it that we could do to have Monique go? And then I say, well, did you have a dollar amount in mind? Oh, now I didn't ask you for no coochie. I didn't ask you to pa- please pass the jelly. Now the suckers, dick. I didn't None ask nothing like that. I said, was there a dollar amount that you had in mind? Now, the reason why I posed that question, because everything that she offered was something that was not of interest, and I'm asking her for her, do you want to give me a dollar amount that I can go back on behalf and ask a question for you? Because I'm already telling you that it's no, but I'm inclined for my client who I represent, who also happens to be my wife, to ask these questions because I don't know. Last time I checked, slavery was illegal. So why would you ask somebody to do something for you that's going to generate money? And by the way, Tyler Perry called up and said, listen, I ain't afraid of them white boys. Because I said, I get that you got to report to them. Well, I ain't afraid of them white boys. Well, then my brother, why are you saying to us, you know, that we are right And or Monique is right that she doesn't have to campaign for an award when the performance is already executed and they're going to judge the performance, not how hard she kisses their asses for an award. The lady even told me, well, Halle Berry, she fixed breakfast for the award council. Listen, that was what was in Halle Berry's heart to do. But I can guarantee you, Monique won't crack an egg. She won't fry a slice of bacon. She won't push a piece of toast. It won't be no orange juice scrolls for none of them because she's an actress and she's a chef at home. Come on, tell them. Okay, and at the very least, a goddamn baker, okay? But that's another story, all right? But what she's not going to do is that, and they looking at her like all of a sudden the shot her around the world, and the moment she realized that I wasn't the attorney and I was the manager who happened to be her husband, now the old lore in Hollywood, which is the husband is going to mess it up, which is why Cheryl Underwood referred to me uh, subliminally as Billy Badass, and anybody who knows me realizes this, or I would pose to you. If you're in a bullet gun fight, that's some old shit. Bullet gun. Come okay? On. If you're in a bullet gun fight, would you pull out a water gun to shoot at people? I think the answer is no. And the reason why the answer is no, because you know that a water gun won't hurt you. So surely it won't hurt someone else. So to use intimidation tactics and to be rude and nasty with people because we know that shit don't work with us. We're going to be gentlemanly. And anybody who's had any interaction with me may say, you might be a little too nice. But the ver- at the very least, you're not going to say that I'm nasty to folks.
1: They're not going to say it, baby. And I want to address something. See, Tyler Perry did call my husband at home on the phone. Then Tyler Perry also had me summoned to his <laughs> dressing room at the ah. Steve Harvey Hoodie Awards. A sister named Noni came down and knocked on my door and said, Tyler Perry would like to see you. Let me tell y'all, baby, I come from a place called Baltimore, Maryland, where it ain't just going to be me and you in the room, nigga. So when I get to his room, I have security with me. This cat clapped his hands and said, could everyone please excuse us? Now, he had about 25, 30 people in there as his staff. All of them motherfuckers rushed out of there. I looked at my security and said, you don't work for Tyler Perry. I need you to stand right here. So Tyler Perry, anything we saying, you know it's the truth. I know it's the truth. Sid knows the truth. Oh, brother. And remember security that was standing in the room? See, you also told me, and you was aggressive about it. The one thing about me, I ain't scared of them white boys. I tell them what they need to know. Well, then, nigga, if that's the case.
2: Why didn't you tell them, listen, you know Monique got paid no money to do this, and she did it for a friend. How would it kill the budget if she went over there and we gave her something? Since we donate millions to charity, how would it affect us adversely if we gave this young lady some money? See, when you have power, that you're supposed to speak up for the little guy. And the question that I would ask of anyone, how many times do you hear about the little guy picking a fight with the big guy? Was the story about David and Goliath because David walked up Goliath and called him a bitch-ass nigga and was like, yo, man, you need the scrap. Or was it that Goliath felt that he could take advantage of David because he was so small? So the question someone would have to ask is why would Monique pick a fight with a company like Lionsgate? Why would she pick a fight with uh, Lee Daniels? Why would she pick a fight with uh, Tyler Perry, Oprah Winfrey? Why ever would she pick a fight? She's not in the fight picking business. But one thing about it is she's not in, in the words of Kendrick Lamar.
1: Ain't no hoe in my DNA. Ain't no hoe in my DNA. OK. Ain't no hoe in my DNA.
2: So what that means essentially is not that she won't have sexual intercourse. Because oh, oh, she'll do it. Tell him, Daddy, i will do good it. With it now. OK. Ow! She'll do it.
1: Call me
2: a Juicy. Okay. Mm -hmm. But but, what she's not going to do, and you learn this based upon when you come up from a place like Baltimore, Maryland, you know what you can't do is let somebody punk you. You might have to take an ass whip, and they tell you. It's in the street. It's in the street bylaws. Mm -hmm. You just got to open up, I believe, 66 uh, section, (laughs) okay, next to Corinthians, all right? That's what it is. And what happens is... It says you might take an ass whipping, but what you can't let somebody do is just push you around.
1: And I have to respond to something, Daddy, because, see, I've been hearing this quite a bit this week. That's my friend. Monique is my friend. That's my friend. Now, that would be Steve Harvey. And Cheryl Underwood. And Cheryl Underwood. Now, before I address them... I want to address another sister. I get a text message from Rodney Perry. And then he sends me, he forwards me an email that he got from someone. And that email he got from someone was a beautiful sister named Nell, who was a comedian. Now, let me say this, y'all. Nobody has to call me and say shit. Don't nobody, ain't nobody responsible to call me. Nobody. But that has been, and my baby Countess Vaughn, let me, my baby Countess Vaughn sent me a text and said, mama, you good? I love you and I got your back. Now, y'all put that in Kim's voice, okay? Mm-hmm. Then Lunell, I sent Lunell back a text message with my number. And she said, is it okay if I call you right now? I, sh- I said, sure, sister. When I picked up the phone, she said, hello, Monique? I said, yeah. She said, sister, I couldn't let the sun go down without calling you up and let you know I love you. And I said to her, you don't know how much that means to me, because I know what it is for us to say, y'all, listen, she hot right now. No, nobody like her. We can't fuck with her. So that's been the only call I've gotten. And my baby count is Vaughn. Go ahead, Daddy. Would you great to say something? Keep going. Now, now I want to address my brother, Steve Harvey, and my sister, Cheryl Underwood. And I didn't want to get it from nobody else. I wanted to hear it from myself so I could make sure when I respond to it, I'm being fair. When I listened to Sheryl Underwood, it started out really well. Monique was the first one to give me a job. And and as comedians, you know, we got to say it. And then she starts slipping into, now I'm getting scared to say the real shit. Because the one thing I've always admired about Sheryl Underwood, see, we were out there on that road. And you couldn't be no meek bitch on the road, baby. You driving around this country. You trying to get your money. So you had to stand up when shit wasn't right. So there were times we'd be out there on that road arguing with niggas. Like, we had pistols in our pocketbook. Like, we're going to shoot some shit up if you don't give us our money. Though we had nothing.
2: Before Navigation.
1: Before Navigation. Before anybody had names. And I've always admired that about her. Because word got around. Cheryl Underwood didn't take no shit. I appreciated that. So now I'm watching you on this show. And I'm watching you say, though I don't agree with her, I'm just concerned about my friend. Well, Cheryl Underwood has my number. I've not yet to hear from Cheryl Underwood to let me know of her concern for her friend. Mm. And then I hear her say, and don't be Billy Badass on my watch making demands <laughs> for me. <laughs> now, Cheryl, I'm not sure who you were referring to as Billy Badass. Why are you playing? Let me finish, sugar oh, okay baby. Then. I'ma assume you was talking about my husband. And what I would ask you is, who's your Billy Badass? What's your husband's name? What's your man's name? See, I understand when my sisters are looking at me like, oh, how you gonna let your husband do that? But all the ones that's saying that don't seem to have one. All the ones that's saying it seem to be by themselves and they have so much to say. See, so what I would say to you, Cheryl, be courageous enough. Number one, to call me, friend. Or number two, have me and my husband on the show so you and the sister that sits across from you, and I can't remember her name. The Asian sister. The Asian sister. Y'all are not going back and forth having this conversation about, well, maybe Monique should just apologize. Well, let's say she is wrong. Let's
2: say that some of the things that she said are true, that they say about what Monique did are true. No, no. Let's say that all All of them are true. And she changed up just like, let's assume that all of them are true. Now, first, someone would ask, why would you assume the worst and then not come up with the flip side of it? But if you're right, you just going to speak to the side
1: of I'm wrong
2: of I'm wrong.
1: Now, I'm sitting I'm watching these women. Now, me and Cheryl go back for years. Though we're not friends, we've always been a—we've we've had a camaraderie as comedians in the business. Whenever we saw each other, it wasn't nothing but the love. a struggle. You had on now, the Monique show. The other sister up on the panel, she was at the Oscar dinner when I spoke to Oprah Winfrey, but she said nothing. In my humble opinion, the realest G on that panel is a woman named Sharon Osbourne because Sharon Osbourne said, wait a minute, she's hella funny. And then she sat back. And I honestly believe in my humble opinion, had they kept talking, she would have said, hold up, hold up, bitches. Now, hold up. We know that woman right there. So when I hear Cheryl speak that way, it makes me go back to when she spoke of the queens of comedy. And this conversation that the Queens of Comedy supposedly had, she took me out of it and how they spoke ill of her. Now, I want to tell you all this publicly. It damaged my friendship with Adele Givens. Because when I sent Cheryl Underwood that text saying, sister, I'm proud of you, speak out, right? I called Adele Givens. And Adele Givens, oh, with tears coming down her face, said, Monique, how could you? Like, you know me. She said, Monique, that conversation never happened, sister. She said, if it ever happened, I would tell you that conversation happened. She said, me and Laura was on the phone crying like, what is this sister doing? So what it looked like to me you were doing, Cheryl, and this is my humble opinion, sister, and I say this with love, you was trying to make great television. Because if you were concerned about your friend, you have my number. Remember that day Jennifer Holiday was at the studio and we were all on the phone together. And before we hung up, me and you exchanged numbers. Do you remember that? So when y'all say this thing, friend, be respectful of it. See with my brother, Steve Harvey, when he says, oh, this is bad. This is bad. And Mo is my girl. Mo is my friend. Steve, when did you call me to say, Mo, what's going on? When did you pick up the phone and say, I want to get it from my sister? I don't want to hear from nobody else. And then when I hear you also say, because me and Oprah, we friends, too. When did that happen? And I'm not trying to be fucked up. I'm not trying to be. I'm only trying to be honest, y'all, because I'm sick of reading about the stories of how we mistreat, misuse, and we do it to one another. And we stay silent about it. And we stay silent. And and, and let me say
2: this also. And I want to reiterate this. There's no one that we've discussed today that we would want to see anything other than the best for Mm -mm. Not Oprah, not Tyler, not Lee, not Steve, not Cheryl, because those are our brothers and sisters. No one. So this is not about, uh, again, trying to make folks look bad because Scrooge, he looked like an asshole until all of a sudden, he had the ghost of Christmas past, present, and the future come and awaken his mind. And then all of a sudden he realized how he was. And that's, if there's something to be said about redeemable qualities when you know you're wrong and you say, you know what, sister, I wronged you and I'm not perfect. And I want to come out because to sit back silently, it's it's a crime for a citizen, to watch. Literally, it's a crime to sit back and watch someone suffer, drown, be hurt in distress and not try in some way to give assistance. Socially, it is a crime when you sit back and you're watching Lee Daniels perpetuate a notion of difficulty when this very man that because you had the money and the cachet to get money for the butler, he gonna ride with you but unbeknownst to you, He refers to Monique as the black version of Oprah. See, unbeknownst to you, I was privy to hear Lee Daniels call me up and say, I hate Tyler Perry because this motherfucker is trying to steal my movie, which was precious. See, people don't know that. They don't know that. I've been on the phone with Tyler Perry where Tyler Perry said, I can't stand Lee Daniels, but I got to give him credit. He's talented as hell. You dig? So when you start dealing with individuals that are having issues with you, see, again, Halle Berry, again, you're hearing about a woman saying, that I'm the real cookie, okay? These things, but what you've not heard about, and we're naming specifics. If you notice, what specifically have you heard about what Monique wasn't doing? Did you hear Monique wasn't professional? Did you hear when Monique showed up, she wasn't ready? Did Monique come to the set drunk? not ready to do what she needed to do. No, they just saying she's difficult. But when did she become difficult, Lee? Because you, we have emails. You, She's been in two movies of yours. Was she difficult on shadow boxes? That's what led you to say, she was so difficult in shadow boxes, I want to ask her to do Precious. And then she was so difficult and precious that I want to have her deliver to me the Man of the Year Award through the LGBTQ community I want her to fly out and give me that award. But who does that? Somebody that's really difficult. You're going to have Tyler Perry come. Tyler Perry came on the Monique show and invited Monique to the studio so he could see his studio. And then later on invited Monique and I to one of his plays, which we had to respectfully decline due to other things we had. Does that sound like someone that they construe as difficult? Because you can clearly pull it up and see. Tyler Perry went on after the Academy Awards. And at that time, his problem was with Brother Spike Lee. So I want to be very clear. It is with love in our heart that we're saying what we're saying because we believe that these folks in the heart of who they are, are are probably really decent people. But we live in a world that conditioning is real. You don't understand slavery made the black man see the master in the cart, in the carriage, in the house, but he didn't see what it took to to have the inner workings of that. It just became a misusage of Malcolm's phrase of by any means necessary. And sometimes that means on the backs of our brothers and sisters, we stand not on the shoulders. We stand and that's why we're able to see what we see, but on the backs, we'll step over to get where we need to be. And that's what they did. That. That's their crime, not being a terrible person. So when you hear individuals saying, we won't want to make it seem like they just terrible and cruel, we don't know them to say that. But what they have done in their actions could be construed as terrible and cruel.
1: Now I'm I'm going to uh, say this with love. Say it. Because I'm being loved. And I understand why a lot of people are responding and reacting the way that they are because you don't have what it is that I have. What kind of shit and is that
2: design?
1: I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm going to finish saying what I'm saying. And when I say that, I mean the foundation of love, the foundation of it. And I've had people saying to me, and I understand it, Monique, keep your head up. Monique, we got your back. Monique, You are, I understand it, and I'm appreciative of it. But I want y'all to hear me clearly. My head is not down. I have nothing to hide from, run from, be ashamed of, or be apologetic about. Nothing. Nothing. Have I walked the perfect line? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. I got a lot of shit with me, baby. I'm challenged with things. If y'all listen back to these shows, y'all will hear my challenges. So by no means am I trying to come off with, oh, I'm this perfect bitch, because I'm not. I'm not. But what I'm tired of. See, if you know the story of Hattie McDaniel, if you know the story of Louise Beavers, if you know the story of Steppen Fetchett, if you know the story of Paul Robeson, if you know the story of Eartha Kitt, do I need to keep going on? Look, look, look at Unsung. If you know our stories, y'all, if you know the stories right now and you look at our salaries and you look at the salary that Tracy Ellis Ross is making and you look at the salaries that the white women are making. See, right now, in my humble opinion, to Roger P. Henson, she's not supposed to be the p- highest paid woman. She's supposed to be one of the highest paid talents in Hollywood. That sister broke records. She broke records. And when you watch the game and you see,
2: what's our girl's name uh, from Fences? Viola Davis. How does Viola Davis win for Best Supporting Actress? Who was the leading actress in the movie, y'all? She was supposed to be up for Best Leading Actress. Okay? If Octavia Spencer would be up for Best Supporting Actress in Hidden Figures, what was Taraji supposed to be? Because a lot of the story was surrounding her. She was supposed to be up for Best Actress. Do you not see this? This is a game. Why is it only one best actress in the history of the Academy Awards almost 100 years of existence? Why? Because at the end of the day of the disparity that goes on because of the silence that we had, because we we are afraid that if the big people hear about us, they'll ruin us. And here's the thing. There's nobody so big that escapes life without death. So that makes you just like me. And at the end of the day, the only thing in the words of Tony Montana we have is our balls and our words. That's it. That's it. And you, if a dick, if you had one, okay? Mm. So what happens is we're just sharing with you what transpires because hopefully, hopefully, it may inspire some of you who have been taken advantage of to do the same because, again, Had it not been in universe, blessed brother Roger Ailes, who passed away, uh, who was the, you know, guy, the brainchild behind Fox News. But he went out. For being a man who was bullying in the way in which he handled women, and it was because some one person spoke up and was brave enough to say this is wrong, and then a multitude of individuals. Do you notice a trend? And then Bill O'Reilly, the same man who was instrumental in ludicrous losing his contract. Now he loses his gig. Why? Because people began to speak up. So when we speak up, and this is not to say that either one of them are terrible people, but when you are good in your heart, it does not mean that you can't make a mistake with your actions. But the true sign of you being good in your heart is when you make mistakes with your actions and you go back and you say, I want to apologize for the mistakes that I made. So at the end of the day, what we saying, Monique shouldn't be apologizing. Monique shouldn't be apologizing. See, we got emails from a lady by the name of Simone Sheffield, who is a, a partner with Lee Daniels, Whereby she said, when she heard from you guys or spoke, he was happy and sad and sad and happy because there was an audit that had to take place for Precious because he didn't believe he got the money that he was supposed to receive for the goddamn movie, and we had to be a part of that. Heller, <laughs> Heller, Damn. okay?
1: Was that? But, but, but did they get a little too excited? No. They didn't. Okay. I absolutely enjoy it. Okay. So at the end of the day. <laughs> It's like,
2: well, you out there putting out that we, that Monique is difficult, but at the same time, you need her to be a part of an audit because you didn't feel that you were treated financially uh, uh fairly uh, through the business endeavor. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. So at the end of the day, we're just saying simply. We understand why people feel the way they feel, why Monique shouldn't say anything, why she should keep quiet, because this is what was conditioned for us to do, because when you especially were a person of color and you spoke up and you had dignity, they referred to you as uppity. And all you were was a human being saying, I have my rights too. So we're simply saying that if you want to work for someone in your daily life for nothing, feel free. But you'll have to excuse us if that's not the avenue that we choose to take. What you got to say, baby?
1: You know, and I know we get ready to go over this hour, but today is a special, this, different kind of show.
2: We might have to make it part two. baby. And I'm
1: reading some of the comments. And I... And when y'all say, let Mo speak, and then I read the comments where they say, we're honoring Monique's husband for the way that he's honoring his wife. In this game called Hollywood, you don't see it. You don't see it. And when you do see it, it's, oh, there's a problem. You don't see it. So for the ones who question it, Me and this man have been married for over a decade. Been best friends since we were 14. For those of you who question it, what I'll say to you in the best way I can, go get some of the rice you got and stop trying to fuck with the rice I got. Because if you notice, I ain't questioning your shit. I ain't questioning it because I don't have enough energy to do it because I got to take care of my family, my relationships. So for the ones that got so much to say, please be courageous enough to bring me and my beautiful husband on whatever show you want to bring us on and tell us just how you feel. If you're not willing to do that, then shut your ass up. Then shut your ass up. If you're not willing to be courageous enough to say, let me meet with the people that I feel like I can share my opinion about, then shut your ass up. And I say that unapologetically. Now, this Saturday, Go ahead. May 20th. This is a pro now. God damn it, baby. Y'all think y'all think some shit was said May 13th? About some dick sucking? How? Oh! Sisters, could you please put the mic in front of you as we sing our song, as we take the show out, please? As we sing our song, my part is suck, suck, suck. Tommy, yours is suck it, suck it, suck it. And Rob Lee, you know how to close this bitch out. Now listen here. You know what you're supposed to say and say it with feeling. This goes to everybody. Yeah, <laughs> that might have we're a situation. No that part. Okay, about what switch. I'm saying. You ready? Yes, madam Let's no, go. No, go. No, no, no. Your, your no, pulling. We switch okay, okay, okay. Part it. Okay, Lee's part is. Listen to this. This is this this the this the uh, street version of the Supreme. <laughs> this <laughs> is what the fuck we That's do. Right. Okay, Lee. You got it now on my fourth suck. You come in with your part. <laughs> you ready? Suck, 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 suck. Suck, 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 suck. Suck, suck, suck. Suck, suck, suck. Suck, suck, suck. What, what, dick? What, what, dick? Diggie, 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 diggie. You guys are tuned
2: Sidney's open relationship. Okay, And we're here with the Dupreme Tabernacle Choir singing that dick.
1: Okay? Take us out, baby. All my loves. We appreciate oh. each and every one of y'all for listening today, baby. The choir is over there still trying to hum uh, the Dick song, and we want to thank all of the uh, parishioners. <laughs> okay, Tommy put that that diggy Dick. I was enjoying it. Did you put the diggy Dick on it though? Oh, Oprah, she put the diggy Dick on it. Dicky. All right. We want to we want to thank each and every one of y'all for listening, my babies, and um. Like my daddy says, take the best and leave the rest.
2: And the mind is like a parachute.
1: It's no good. Unless it's open. We love y'all.
2: For free.